Yippee Kaye, motherfuckers. Welcome to the Higher Training Podcast. This week, we are branching out just a little bit more. And we are going to be discussing. Oh, sorry, that drop is too good. We are going to be discussing sustainability in fashion with Megan McGuigan from Seeking Judy. And I'm going to be joined by Aaron Lally, who was on the Big Strong Man podcast. And we're also going to discuss a little bit about secondary school, how it influences us down the line, some of our experiences from secondary school, and we're going to discuss creativity in quarantine. Now, we had a couple of Guinness, and I was on the, on the red wine, no, I was on the rosé, so by the end of it, things got a little bit loose, but it was great crack to record. And yeah, it's a really exciting one for myself, branching further out. As I said before, we're not all about training here. Uh, Whatever platform you listen to it on, share it to your story, tell your mates about it if you enjoyed it. Give us some feedback, send a wee message, give us a wee well boy. And if you haven't heard of myself, Aaron or Megan, make sure to go and follow whichever one of us you want on the social media platform of your choice and so show we bit of support we all really appreciate it now i'm done talking this is a fucking whopper podcast get stuck into it and we are live thank what you up? for coming mr lally miss mcguigan how are we doing hello how are you all good out all good out um so i think we best off to start by saying that we are missing one well two members of the last uh, time we got the big strong men together uh duffy's not joining us today mr mcgatton isn't with us today but we have megan mcguigan uh owner of seeking judy with us today and i think the best way to start off would be for you to tell us all about seeking judy what's seeking judy about uh for somebody who who's never heard of seeking judy before um, so Seeking Judy is a clothing brand uh, from Ireland. I started it years ago when I was in school. So I was 15 and I just started drawing and putting my designs on t-shirts. Um, I decided that I wanted to continue doing it. So I went off to study fashion design in Dublin and NCAD and also did an international year in Barcelona. And when I came out of college, I kind of decided I was going to start it back up again. So it's been back running for the last year now um yeah it's a clothing brand and i have a new shop and yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, sorry i'm trailing off I'm trailing you're, you're off all good you're... <laughs> that's that's the first that's the only interview style question that we have today so that's done that's out of the way don't worry uh, but you're, you're you're big on sustainability right that's that's that seems from the outside looking in that uh, that's a big part of what you're about So sustainability is incredibly tough because there is, I am big on it and I definitely for the future want to make Seeking Judy more sustainable. Um, Small businesses are inherently just more sustainable from the get-go because obviously they're dealing with small quantities. They're often like they make uh, made to order and all this kind of stuff. Um, And obviously you can kind of move with the time. So with each collection, you're able to kind of do little small changes that can make your business more sustainable. But fashion and sustainability is incredibly, I could be here for the whole kind of, like I could be here for a month explaining it. Just, it's very hard for a fashion brand to be sustainable. 
But one thing which I'm going to do in my next collection is repurposing old textiles into new clothes. So that's kind of, yeah, making old new. And that, that is a sustainable kind of way to do, to make a collection. And uh, like a lot of the time when it comes to sustainability and fashion, like people always uh, talk about the people making the clothes, but people who buy clothes and wear clothes can be sustainable um, and like do small things like making sure they don't just go and buy bucket loads of clothes on, on sales days and things like that. Uh, what other things can people do? Uh, or is there anything that you do yourself when you're buying? So one thing I'm trying to do massively is just cut down on buying stuff. If you don't need it, just don't buy it. Um, I needed a black pair of jeans. So, you know, Sorry, if you dog, need something for work, just, yeah, try and buy what you need. Only buy something that if, you're, if you know you're going to wear it and wear it and wear it. Don't just buy a dress for one night out. That's going to be thrown in the bin. Try to buy secondhand when you can. Um, mend your clothes, learn how to sew, just simple. If you get a hole, just try and repair it. Um, share clothes with your friends instead of buying new clothes all the time. Um, use sites like Depop or eBay or Thrift. Um, try you would never, and you would never see lads sharing clothes, really. That's, that's, uh, do you ever share clothes with the, any of the lads, Ali? I try to. I always see the boys, I'd be like, oh, can I wear that out in the night out? But they just don't trust me. I think it's a, they, they just think that he's going to go out oh no he's definitely going to ruin that and I'm smaller than a lot of the boys so I'm kind of like oh shit but I used to rob all my brother's clothes the whole time they just I'd always be wearing their stuff hand-me-downs half my wardrobe was hand-me-downs and second-hand stuff it's class I, I think I had a pair of uh, Kevin Herty's tracksuit bottoms for about four four and a half years there I actually forgot that they were his I just end up <laughs> taking, taking them to London with me sorry Herty <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that's like sustainability is it's really hard to do in any business um, and it's it's hard to do as a consumer because like we can only do so much uh, with um, with the business being a young business owner that's always tough uh, you've been at it now since you were 15 I know with a little break uh, what, what have been some of the challenges starting a business that young I definitely wouldn't have been able to do anything with any sort of responsibility at 15 <laughs> I think I definitely though was just going with the flow a lot. I don't even think I understood what I was taking on as well. So I still time management is definitely still one of my biggest challenges. It's just um there's obviously certain markers in the year that you have to have collections ready for and stuff. So just making sure that they're done in those times and just making sure you're getting up early and have a good routine and all that kind of stuff. No one's gonna be hounding you to get your stuff done. So you have to try and keep on top of it yourself. So that's that's one challenge for me for sure. Do you find that hard, Lally, being uh, deciding when you're going to edit videos or whenever you're going to do wee bits? Yeah, like I be I I I I know myself. I'm a big procrastinator, so it, like I that, that's definitely one thing I struggle with. I'd be like, oh, right, I can do that tomorrow. Like, but when I do sit down and work, I I know I get good work done, but it's it's definitely time management is. It's just I. It's very hard for me anyway, just because I'm lazy. I think. <laughs> I think as well with anything creative, it's like all or nothing because obviously it is your passion too. So you kind of find that you're either like cutting down your sleeping hours and doing stuff all the time and forgetting about like going out for a walk and stuff or else you're kind of like, oh God, I'm in a bit of a rush. I have no new ideas. It, there's kind of like, it can be hard to balance it out a bit. 
Yeah. Um, that was supposed to be my goal for last year, but COVID just completely ruined that, obviously, as well. It's just having more routine in your life. <laughs> Even, like, it's very hard to get, like, a, a solid, consistent routine in, in, in these times. Like, routine is important, but, you know, you need some spontaneity in your day because there's, there's fucking nothing going on, so... <laughs> yeah. Sorry, especially if, if people are out of work, like, if they can't work at all, and then they're just trying to still get up at the same time, but to do what? It, like struggling to find things to do if you're not in say, like a creative thing like I, I know if I get up early I can say oh I've tons of unedited stuff on the laptop I can try to give myself stuff to do but when you're not in a situation like that it's, it's just it's very hard to get into any sort of routine the first week I was great I was so good I brought my knitting machine here it's all behind me I had a little you know get this amount of samples done a day get this done all this kind of stuff week later I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe we're in lockdown again. You know, feeling the weight of the world, just being like someone I knew had COVID. I was like, no, everything's gone. And then, you know, this week I'm like, you know what, actually next week's going to be good again. I think it can come in waves during these times. Uh, you just have to try and not let the bad wee phase take over. Just be like, okay, I had my moment. Now next week I'm going to get back at it again. Mm. Absolutely not let a bad day make it a bad week or a bad week make it a bad couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, do you find it hard being creative like when you're not able to go out and see people or do things? Um, I think in some ways it helps. Like being like, so obviously in college you're meeting all these people all the time. It's There's loads of ideas. You've got loads of kind of cr like friends, you know, give you group crits and all this kind of stuff. And then for me, a lot of my friends went off to work in studios or, you know, went, went to London, different things like that. For me personally, I just didn't really financially want to do that. I didn't really want to work for free and have a second job in London personally. Um, so I kind of got the studio and was just by myself all the time. So it was really hard originally to get used to that, that shock of having so much contact to having no contact. So then isolation was almost like, a little bit smoother of a of a transition for me than than for most because I was already working by myself. So not having the pubs and the social life is shit for your your mental well being. But creatively, you kind of are like right, okay, no distractions. I can just keep keep working away. You know, mm. that's what someone said to me at the start of the first lockdown when I I did like two weeks of doing videos like flat out. One of the boys texted me going, "Now see how creative you can be when you can't go to the pub." And it kind of stuck with me being like, just being alone, being like, oh yeah, shit, actually, if I sit and do it, my thoughts, you can actually do good work or you'd be more productive. They were fucking excellent. If anybody hasn't seen Lally's quarantine series, they were brilliant. Many oh did. yeah. I, I don't know, I did, I, did two, I did two weeks and then I absolutely burnt myself out. I was trying to come up with an idea every day, shoot it and do it, edit it in the same day. And I was like, oh shit. I did didn't plan to do it. it was some, I put up two days and then some guy, one of the lads in Vancouver texted me being like, oh, where's day three? And I was like, oh, don't, <laughs> didn't plan on doing that. So then I just did the two weeks. But then I've, I've still been finding it hard-ish to come up with new ideas even since then. I don't know what what happened. And some of them that I wasn't happy with, some of them, they were just, I was kind of pushing them out to, like, I went for quantity over quality nearly. You know what I mean? So I yeah, we were I talking should... about this actually, weren't we, Lally? Just being like, it can be really hard. Even in college, though, I remember our tutors used to quote us these little things of like, inspiration will come, but it has to find your working. Just they, they were of the assumption that you just have to constantly be at your desk. And 
no matter how many ideas you throw up, maybe there's a hundred bad, but you'll get one good one as long yeah, as you're yeah, constantly yeah. working on it. But there's obviously the fine line between you just need time sometimes and sometimes putting yourself under that pressure of like, I need to be producing. I personally think is like a hyper capitalist mentality that's just bred into us that to be like, if I'm not producing right now, I'm, I'm worthless, I'm shit, you know? And, but sometimes what you need to do is just be like, okay, I'm going to just take a week off. I'm going to go enjoy walking. I don't know, doing nothing. And then all of a sudden when you come back, you feel refreshed. So yeah, uh, I don't know. It's like a mix of hyper-capitalism and uh, Catholic guilt. It's like <laughs> we, uh, we, we just want, we want to be forever productive and then when we're not productive, we just feel guilty. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the default feeling in Ireland is guilt. Well, in mine is just for no, like, oh God, it definitely is fucking Catholicism right into <laughs> us. Yeah, I tried explaining that to my, explaining that to my mom and she, she, she didn't just quite understand it. Sorry, mom, if you're listening, but she gets, she gets <laughs> it now. Uh, that like... I I thought that everybody felt that way, you know, like to feel guilty if they weren't uh, being busy and like living in London, meeting people from different cultures. And like, they were like, what do you mean? I feel more guilty if I wasn't enjoying myself rather than like, not everybody would say that, but a lot of people said that. And I was like, I actually never heard anybody with that sort of mentality. Like, um, yeah, I used to get it bad whenever I was studying in sc- uh, for, for the leave and I'm like feeling guilty about not studying. And uh, then I would still not study and it'd just be a circle of guilt. I know it's a it's a vicious cycle but I think it depends on what your what work and maybe it doesn't all I know is is it in the create creative kind of world is you do need your time off like you do need time to actually go and fuck you know go climb a mountain and see some nature and then you can be like okay now I can go and stare at a page for a week (laughs) so stuff like that you don't know where your inspiration is going to come from as well so you need to take wee breaks and think where you can find some like not necessarily go searching for it but experiences definitely you think help you creatively mm. absolutely do you think uh the fact that you you were like all three of us are working from uh, home and uh do you think that having the work-life separation is a little bit hard for creativity i don't know how to sometimes sometimes i like don't know how to turn off i think as well because i am the really terrible morning person like i do not wake up until about like even if I'm awake my brain doesn't switch on to maybe one o'clock in the day but then at night time I can't really switch off so sometimes when you get going you're like well I'd prefer to just keep going until two or three in the morning and then it's like a, then it becomes a cycle you know and it, oh yeah just I feel that when I whenever I edit I don't know why I think like when I try and edit or do anything like that during the day I just feel like I'm nowhere near as good if I, I like being at, at, at night there's something about just, I don't know, it's more quiet. I don't know what it is, or if there's something in my head thinking I'm missing out on something during the day. If I, if I edit at night and I just stay up dead late, I feel like I do better work and I don't understand it. I think as well, like Aaron, you do a lot of freelance work and obviously being self-employed, like you don't have set working hours and it's not good for you either, but it's just the way you are. You just, you know that it's not like, okay, six o'clock, I get to shut off now. You just... Once you're on a bit of a, you have momentum, you have to keep going because mm. you might not get that the next day. So yeah, you have to take the motivation when it comes, or if you're getting <laughs> getting an old flow state, you know you don't you don't want to come out of it. Um, with um, like get, would you believe in in, in the flow state? Uh, I know me and Laddie have spoken about flow state before because he used to thought it was a a load of bullshit. But do you ever get moments where you're like just it just seems like time just flies and you're just walking, walking at something and 
you don't even notice the time going by. 100%. There used to be times in college where you'd be so into your project and you'd obviously be reciting it over and over again, what, what you're inspired by. And you'd be walking down the street and you'd be like, oh my God, that like light over there looks like the thing I was drawing. Like you're fully in, you know, you're seeing it everywhere. So that's a, an amazing place to be. I haven't been there in a while, but that's, um, that's a lovely like experience whenever you're just really in, engrossed in what you're doing. Um, I think it's hard to find, it's hard to find moments like that at, uh, in, in awkward situations. I think it does, you don't need the perfect situations to be in a full state, but I think there are certain few things about like, you know, I, I find I am really good after being out in nature. Um, it's harder to do right now because you're not allowed to go, go around this, or go as far from your house. Um, what else do you, is there anything that you can think of that like helps you be creative? I don't know. I actually don't really know. I feel like honestly, it's. I think just trying to. I think I need to have more of a schedule. I think that's actually what helps me because I actually like doing everything I I do. Like doing some knitting them with sew if I'm in the studio, do different things. But sometimes maybe just keeping on track. I feel like I kind of wander a lot. And one day I'll pick up one thing and I'll do it for a while. And I'll be like, oh, that was fun and move on to something else. And by a week or two later, I've done nothing substantial or nothing that can contribute to an actual product or finished piece. So I think personally for me, just staying, trying to be a bit linear in my process is, is what I need to do. Is, is, that a, is that a hyper-capitalist way to look at it, is it? <laughs> Definitely. But I suppose at the end, it's like, absolutely. And that's the thing I was t saying to Aaron. And that's my problem. I'm trying to, it's actually messing with my head. Don't cognitive have a few existential moments lately. So this, I might have some ramblings. But um, <laughs> being a business owner and then hating a lot of what these things represent is very tricky. <laughs> Man, I am in the same boat. Like, fitness industry is... is terrible ethically uh, as a whole and I always have this inner struggle but been like uh, I need I need to get clients but I also don't want to do all the cheesy and all the the, the money scam and quick fixing ways that people usually get money in fitness industry and I also want to help people so how does that all fit in the middle of that little equation <laughs> it's hard it's really really hard I think and then there's no right answer and that's why I think with the whole sustainability thing for example there's a whole, like, there's people fight each other all the time when what's sustainable, what's not sustainable. But one of my friends who has her own amazing company, Shara, shout out. Um, she was like, look, not everyone needs to be doing it perfectly, but if everyone could just do things imperfectly, it would be amazing. Mm -hmm. So that's what it's about. It's like, there's no perfect way of doing things and no one is perfect, but just try your best to make small changes that, if everyone did it, it would be, you know, a step in the right direction. I think you picked on something really good there, Imperfect. And uh, something I picked up on um, from a book I read, Imperfect, uh, the book's not Imperfect Action, but they spoke about Imperfect Action. It's not waiting around for the perfect circumstances to do something. It's just doing the best, doing something uh, at that moment instead of waiting for perfect circumstances. So for in that case, there are some people could be like trying to draw up the perfect the sustainability plan but yet do nothing you know but instead just do what you know best at the, that, that time do you uh, obviously we're all at home a lot more and I personally have found the battle with social media to be a, a challenge to not like especially because I use social media for business 
Um, have you found that uh, difficult? You would use it a little bit for promotion as well, would you? Um, I love and hate Instagram <laughs> because, <laughs> like, I spend way too much time on it. And the same as yourself, and the same as like Lally as well. You just need it. Like, no one's going to hear of your work if you don't promote yourself on Instagram. But instead of actually, I get into this vicious loop where instead of producing new work to post on Instagram, I'm wasting time making images of old work that's already been done just to post on Instagram. Do you get what I mean? So it's kind of like, it slows your progression so much. Mm. And then also, you don't even realise how influenced you are, you are by the things you see on your feed. And you start to let that filter into your own work instead of just you know, being inspired by what you've actually experienced rather than what you've virtually experienced. So look, it's amazing. And social media is actually, is without that, my business just would not be succeeding at all. So I'm very grateful in some respect, but it's obviously has its downsides, which we all know about. It, that's a, it's such a hard balance because <laughs> my entire business online is based off of social media. So if there was no <laughs> social media, I would be unemployed right now because there's no gyms open. So mm. I'm I'm like I hate social media, but I can't hit completely hate it in that sense, you know. Cause... You just have to yeah, you just have to go with it and just try. I, like the ideal situation is that someday you have someone that just takes care of that side of things for you, <laughs> so that you have more time to actually do what you are supposed to be doing. You just pose well, for the photos, and then they can take. All, <laughs> they can all... Yeah, I'm waiting well, for just that someone day. that posts. <laughs> Lally, in in five weeks time, you're gonna be that guy for me. You're gonna be taking photos of me. Yeah, in the Calvin Kleins. Oh yeah, <laughs> can't wait, can't wait. Yeah, and apologies for the, me trying to hide the boxes in the background because I'm moving in four weeks and I have to start packing all my shit away. <laughs> Great time to be moving. Some laugh. Sherlock has to be done. Um, with uh, so social media, Laddie, do you find um? Do you find it hard, uh, like social media? Do you think it impacts your day? Oh, like the the it, any of the boys would tell you this. Like I, I literally I don't cop on in my head. I would see something on the internet, right? And five minutes later, I'd say to the boys, "Yeah, hey, I have an idea." And it's like, <laughs> I completely, completely like it's it's very Influence. very similar. Yeah, very similar to what I literally just watched. But I can't think in my head that the boys are like you literally just seen that on the Instagram ad there, and I'd be like, "No, I didn't." And I go back and be like, Jesus, like I, I spend so much time on it. And, uh, but I suppose it, I, inspiration comes from everywhere and like all the kind of comedy skits, like there's no, I think even comedians like to take little bits from say this comedian here or that like person who's doing skits there and then they form their own. So like, it's good in a way, but for me, it works out the bad side. Cause it's nearly like. And half my shit I don't even know in my own head if it's like original or I'm just completely taking it from something else I've seen yeah no that's 100% I think it's it's very hard but like do you ever see the little short documentary everything's a remix everything's a remix no no it's basically what you just said is that there's no new ideas like it goes on god it's been a long time since I've seen it now but it's only maybe 15 minutes long it's on Vimeo and um it goes to, through like Led Zeppelin songs and it kind of shows how samples of like their most famous songs was already samples from different things and like lyrics and how all these things that are like the greats are just amalgamations of different things that have already gone before. So I think it's completely fine, but I think there's obviously a very fine line between plagiarism and referencing. 
and obviously in college and stuff they try to teach you this it's like it's completely fine to reference and um, drag is like amazing at referencing but it's not plagiarism because you're taking it you're changing it and then you're redoing it in your own interpretation of that and the the reference is, is quite obvious as well or you're, you're saying look this is where I got the idea from whereas plagiarism I suppose is you trying to pass off it as your own when it's just not so it's completely fine to be inspired but just as long as it's just not a carbon copy of what yeah yeah how many uh, would you say all major fashion big fashion brands are guilty of plagiarizing it you just plagiarize Every, it. everyone yeah the worst thing we we had like modules on it and stuff is that like you can't really copy um or copyright a 3d image you can copy like logos and stuff like that so um oh what's his name dapper dapper dan is that you know that guy dapper dan the the english he was from Har harlem and he like used to make all the like fake louis vuitton and kind of reworked like he was like the original um i don't know reworker or like he used to sell like bootleg designer goods for more kind of hip-hop artists and stuff do you, mm. do you know who he is yeah um shit, that's huge and that's huge in America. All the you see the lads on the street selling all the knockoffs. I don't know how they get away with it. Oh yeah, what I was gonna say was that he like he the symbols, like the actual Louis Vuitton symbol is kind of what they copyrighted there. So that's why it was he was copyright infringing. Like, but if you just made just say a shirt that another designer already made, um you technically it's very hard to prove that you've copied them. That's mad. So, I don't know. How, I don't know if how, that makes how, sense there. But. Would you know it? How do you reckon? Like, so you see places and things like H and M and River Island and Pennies, like they do all them. What High Street? Are they High Street? Yeah, they would be. Yeah. Uh, like you see them completely say copying like the Alexander McQueen type shoes and certain shoes and stuff. Like how? Don't you know how brands would get away with that, or is there a way? Because you're saying there about the shirt. I suppose you're not I, technically I, copying, copying the logo. No, I don't know if this is 100% true. So, um, I don't know. You might have to edit this one out, Lally. But I think, <laughs> I think if there's five differences, I think it's okay. I'm trying to remember the things I was, like, being taught in this um, seminar. But I think don't worry, five I don't think somebody's going to fact check. I don't think anyone's Oh, yeah, no, message. like, I'm 100% <laughs> this is just not right at all. But um, I, think, I think it's five noticeable differences that, like, that's, um, yeah that you can eat, that there must be in it for in order for it not to be a carbon copy. But then even if it, even if they do, like a lot of these big designers are ripping off small brands and stuff who just literally would not have the funds to go against Nike or Louis Vuitton. Obviously that's, I'm not saying that they do it, but um, <laughs> yeah, just they wouldn't have the money. And even if they did have the money, it's an incredibly costly kind of court case to go through and time and, and then sometimes it's just that they get them wiped from the shelves. It's not even that they, like, you would get any money yeah. or anything for it. So it's just, I don't know. <laughs> it's very complicated. It's all rigged. <laughs> but Dia Prada, do you know Dia Prada? The, um, no. the Instagram page. It's very funny. It's basically just like a, a bloggers unveiled for the, for the fashion world where they just look at big brands who've ripped off smaller brands and, or, and stuff like that. And they call them out. Interesting. Ah, yeah, that's good. Cool. I like to see that happening though, because I, I hate seeing that. All well, just the big brands just taking the piss. What do you think of all these call out pages? You know that like in 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 fitness, there's like a lot of people uh, pages that call out like 
you know, dodgy fucking fitness people. Um, is is there a load of pages in fashion as well that call out dodgy shit? I the only one I know of is Die Prada, and I do find it very funny. I like it's it's gas, but at the same time, I don't know like these kind of vigilantes i think it's just a bit like off piss off i don't know it depends it obviously depends what it's about you know it depends but um call out culture can be obviously a bit like just silly as well mm. Mm. there's there's levels to it yeah there's always gray area like people try to make it like one way or another it's never there's nothing that's just this way or that like too much I think gray area like, yeah yeah exactly it's, it's very hard unless you're talking about a specific thing um, to say where you stand on it but um, yeah as a whole it can be a little bit toxic and just not very helpful imagine what it would be like uh, yeah. branching off into one of the bigger topics of the day which is school imagine what it would have been like uh, in school with, like cancel, cancel culture being like a big kind of thing then because you can imagine like you know the way school is like people just be talking shit like imagine like some of the <laughs> carry on that would be in, in school with cancel culture and the likes and what do you mean? Do you think that like students would be cancelled? No, no, no. Or teachers or what? Like you'd get like we students being like, oh, I'm going to catch out this teacher and like, you know, can't, like. Oh my God. Get, get I feel so sorry for the trauma some of the teachers experienced. Like the, what students put them through. It's actually no money's worth <laughs> that. Like. I don't know how to do it. Get wee brats like Darren now. <laughs> you know what? I actually was. I was a brat up until third year and then I remember coming back in fifth year and one of my teachers turned around to me and was like, what happened to you over summer? Like, you're completely changed. I actually don't I know. Was, I was the complete opposite. I was an absolute goody, goody two-shoes. I'd, I'd cry. I actually cried in first year when the teacher put a mark in my journal. Um, <laughs> like, a proper... I was a decent enough student and then I did TY and I from TY I just found that mess and was fun and I just went on a downward slope how two paths diverged Megan started her business in TY <laughs> no no I was honestly I, I think I was not a good student by any means I think I wasn't like I wasn't I did well and all in tests and stuff but I think I was always quite loud and very hyper and I don't know just yeah I just used to just run around the whole time like just jumping on the tables and stuff so I do feel very <laughs> sorry looking back where any of my teachers I'd say um, I think my mum has said before she was like I hope that you are your children are as mad as you you were kind of put you through what, what she would have gone through so oh man school school is 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 mad I it's uh I I think it's like in school any difference that you have is going to be exploited in one way or another you know whether it's, you know, like I used to get slagged because I was a little bit chubby when I was younger. You know, no matter what the one difference is, like, you know, you're always going to get slagged for it in school. Oh, it's yeah. mad. It's insane. You can't, you can't do anything. It's, it's crazy. People just pick up on it. And it, people in school, we kind of just get on. Like, there's a line in school that, right, it, it can't cross the bullying. But I think everyone just sees that and people just take it on the chin, no matter what you do. Which is, I think, it was mad. Well, I was like in our school, in our school anyway. We'd, like it was just slagging the whole time, the you whole Morris, time. Weren't you? Yeah, the Morris. It was some laugh. Best school ever. What, what school, school did you like? go to, Darren? Uh, I used Della, so all boys. Very Strange. good. I was in the grammar. Uh, see, yeah, I I wanted to bring up this for a number of reasons, but I also think that. Uh, 
I was having a chat with somebody <coughs> over Christmas about this about like same sex schools. I think are a dead, dead strange thing. You don't really see it in too many, uh, too many places. I don't know. Is America all all boys schools or all girls schools? Not really a big thing in America. It's like uh, UK and Ireland are would be the. Biggest I think um, the ones in America are actually from the Irish community. Like they're called like I was. I went to Catholic school. You know the kind <laughs> of. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I think it's strange. I just think it creates like a strange sort of uh, barrier between uh, lads, lads and uh, girls like growing up. If yeah, what, 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 what was that like being in an old boys school? And like, if you, these are close to the Louis then, wasn't it? Yeah, so there's like a wall dividing us, but like there's not really. It used to be so weird, like you'd see one girl going down the, the alley and then all the lads would run around and all be like, look, and I'm it's just fucking mad. Like, it just doesn't, it's not good. <laughs> I just look back and think, how could the people, adults, think that this is good? Like, <laughs> well, it was Catholic Ireland. You have to remember the times as well. But the times, you know? it was only uh, five five years ago when I was in school. No, but I mean, <laughs> the, the, introduction, the introduction of these schools in Ireland, you know, it, that, like, that's it, this Catholic Ireland, you know, that's keeping them separate and all that, keeping the, the children pure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, uh, I i somehow doubt that uh, there's not enough teachers to be able to check up and down that whole louis de la salle wall <laughs> fair fair yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but uh did you have any teachers in school that were uh mad disciplinarians Ooh. in which mm. in what way like, i don't want to incur like you know um Incur make it seem like um, I don't know speak badly of someone like in what no way no you, you don't have to mention mention teachers but like uh, uh, you don't have to mention names but I mean like dead strict like overly strict than, than what it needs needed to be you know or or let's say took, took, took it too seriously because uh, I always thought that like there was always a strange atmosphere with teachers and students that like um, some teachers thought that the, like obviously not to talk bad about teachers I have friends that are teachers but like uh, they thought that um, almost as like that they didn't like kids. That's actually what oh, I was saying. Yeah, yeah it was more like that they didn't like. They kids, grew to hate kids. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> they loved kids going in, and then they they had to deal with thirty of them every single day. So I had a few uh, few teachers like that um, that were just crazy, insane. Just did not want to be there. Yeah, because I I always thought that like it made sense. Like looking back, that it would make. Uh, it would make school more productive if there was less of that authoritarian sort of a way to go about it. Like, um, although in saying that, there's less authoritarian sort of a style in in uh, college, and I don't, you know, it's easy to kind of avoid doing the work in that sort of circumstance. So I don't know what the solution is. I feel like personally, in any circumstance, kids and teenagers need guidance like they need like if I think of some of the, the paths I probably could have gone down as a teenager I think you're just so reckless like there's just so many changes happening with you that you're liable to do anything like I think that in terms of like teachers and stuff that obviously I don't really think that you, they're your friends I think that they are kind of authoritative figures in your life that are there to guide you mm. and for some for some kids like especially kids that maybe don't get that at home the, their teacher needs to be someone that actually is going to put them on a good path in their life and is hopefully going to, you know, be strict, be, be, but, but also respected as well. So obviously not too strict. I don't mean like violent or, you know, you have to obviously still respect the person. But um, no, I actually had a really good experience in secondary school, to be honest. Like 
I think the grammar school was a great school and like I, I just I really enjoyed my time there I was quite lucky mm. um I think whenever I went to college not to speak too badly but I think there was obviously a massive like it just it's also quite a different experience than the than like a university where you're sitting in lectures and stuff in, in an art school because you're very one-on-one -on -one with your tutors um and the the system there was just quite different and then when I studied abroad it was a really different system again so I don't know there was just a lot of different styles that I kind of feel like if if I was gonna go back and teach myself or something I feel like there's a lot of different kind of places that you could pick from to mm. what is a good style of teaching I don't know mm. it's but a, I think and was different. it there's different styles there's different in, good like you know certain styles suit certain people yeah I think you still need to be authoritative but also obviously respectful I think like some um you know teachers or tutors or whatever I had were just like they were they were maybe quite angry or something but maybe you didn't have much respect to them because they crossed that line of you need there's, there's a fine line between like being really strict and then being unreasonable mm. and I think like there's a fine line between being strict enough that the students respect you and also I don't know there's just a balance there I think personally how would you uh, would you ever teach somebody the ropes and how to how to make clothes or anything along those lines. Could you see yourself doing something like that? Oh, I need a lot more years of figuring out <laughs> how to do things myself before I start teaching people. And well, they say the best way to learn is to teach, isn't it? Or, oh, well, well, is it? Well, then the, learn, other, the other saying learn is... Learn by doing. The other saying then is uh, if you can't Because you can't teach. teach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I would agree with that one more, to be honest. Like, that's really me. <laughs> no, but I suppose more so, like, that's the way I look at it. It's just like, someday, if I want a slower-paced life, teaching sounds lovely. But then again, we've just experienced, we just talked about how awful all our teachers had it, so maybe not. <laughs> Do you think your school was open to, like, see, like, teaching about doing creative things? Like, I know, I know at my school, it was straight, like, you just you go to college or, or given business, like being like, oh, you should do this business degree or like in, in your guidance or whatever, were it just kind of open for what you could do anything? Because I know in my school, it definitely wasn't. We, even with trades, we are told not to go near a trade, which I, I think there's a lot of people in my class would have done trades if we were told, oh yeah, this is definitely an option. Or what, That's terrible. That's, that's awful that that's the case because actually having a trade is, is like you could travel the world with having a trade. So mm. I don't really understand their logic now I do think that the the school I went to was quite academic and I think that they were you know that like list of schools that get people into university and they have all the stats and stuff yeah I think that they really really want to do hot well on that so yeah we had careers classes and it was quite geared towards like okay if you get these grades then you're expected to first of all everyone was expected to go to college in that school and also everyone was expected to study something quite academic and the art department had like these weird like trinkets that we were expected to draw from that were just covered in like paint and mud <laughs> and stuff and then like boxes of crayons that were all just broken and you know it, it was the, no the art department was not funded properly at all in that school but it's mad yeah I think I think it's quite common just in Ireland in general that the arts are not respected if you go throughout Europe and you see like even just how they treat their architecture and stuff and how like you know when in in Dublin they demolish the, the beautiful buildings like and don't keep them in good repair and stuff like that so mm. I don't know 
no, I don't think in Ireland in general that the arts are respected at all. No, I think I find I when I look at school and well, from my experience, I find that like I was basically uh, like taught how to be dead orderly and go to go to college to most likely to get an office job. That's kind of the way I was like looked at school. That's what they were almost preparing us for. That's what, this very same at mine. There are no, I'd say their other guidance teachers were just told to do the same, but they were not up for you saying anything different than yeah, no, going to college. That's all they wanted, literally. Although do you I, think was, that- I was going to do music production in Limerick, and uh, I, uh, I don't know if my, I think my guidance counselor talked me out of it and said, told me to go with sports. Maybe that was a good suggestion by her because I, I actually ended up enjoying that course. I, uh, I originally wanted to be a stuntman. <laughs> I, there's a there's a parent teacher. Mom only told me about it about about two months ago. I didn't even realize she was like, "Oh yeah, I remember you went through that phase," and I was like, "Oh, it wasn't a phase. I'd still love to do it." And she went to a parent teacher meeting. The guidance counselor was like, "He, he keeps saying something that he wants to be a stuntman." And mom was like, "Yeah, yeah, no, he says that at home as well." <laughs> like she she thought I was like just trying to wind her up constantly, right? And like she she couldn't grasp it. But like and that, what made you want were, to do that? I was mad into like all these Nitro Circus and American like shows of these guys doing mad flips and shit at the time. So I was like, yeah. But like straight away, anyone who had an idea that was outside the box or something, like we were just shut down. They're like, no, you can't do that. Do you know what <laughs> I knew I a lot of people? Mad. When I studied in Barcelona, I, I knew a lot of people that actually, no, well, not a lot, but a lot compared to Ireland that was in circus school. I just thought that was quite a, like, unusual profession mm. but, um, I remember seeing just, Steve just from another, oh sorry say that again no that, but circus school there like that's one thing that pushed me I seen that Steve from Jackass started his career and he, he went to uh, clown college for yeah. like circus school no it's it but the, that's the thing and like if anything comes from this pandemic I have never ever been so thankful that I have I'm interested in something creative because I can never be bored like there's it's always time in the day that you're like, right, okay, for you, you can go out and film something, you can edit something. For me, I can keep myself busy making. And I just, like, people in offices, like, no disrespect. I, I really, like, commend their work and everything. But what did they do when they aren't working? Like, are they watching movies? Are they watching comedy shows? Are they buying clothes online? Like, there's everything that you do apart from working is kind of the arts and it's important that it's respected and mm. treated with respect like you know there's there's life outside of work or like typical work you should say mm. i don't know i 100 agree with that and i think it's good mm-hmm. to see the creep up of things like patreon being come becoming such a, a prominent thing with people who are uh making art in whatever form you know uh, people painting or podcasts and making music um because there's not any income coming from the government to sort them out this time uh, with COVID, is there? Mm. You know, so it's good to see things like that come on. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what I will say on a complete side note, the crowd is class. That, that's what I've been doing <laughs> on, my day, on my days off, like whenever I'm not arse doing work. Everybody it, it is supposed to be a good show. That. Is it's Matt class. Smith in that? I don't know who uh, that is. Uh, he used to be Doctor Who. I think he is in it. Um, you could be right, Jesse Charles. I have I I I haven't watched the show. I haven't a clue uh, like of their names in the show or it. 
um, it's, Queen it's Elizabeth. real life. It's like it's a documentary, <laughs> Prince Charles. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, but like I don't know. I don't know who he plays. Like. Yeah. No, I get you. I get you. <laughs> oh, Ellie. Oh, I need some media training here. Ah, uh, you're day on, our kid. You're day on. Um, any other series or anything that you've been watching to keep yourself busy? I have been. I put up a story about podcasts. I bloody love podcasts. Mm. This is like Inception on a podcast, saying it. But um, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. But I'm going to get it up now because if anyone wants one, it is class. Um, one sec. That podcast you sent me earlier, Pig, the Showtime basketball one. Mm, it's tasty. With Matt bon- I watched that Kobe Bryant. I watched three of them today since then. That's I find <laughs> that very interesting. Um, it was nearly crying at the Kobe one. Yeah, that, that was, was a really fair. good one. I have to say, like, I don't really like watching uh, sports people do podcasts a lot of the time because um, I find asking the same questions all the time. But the fact that there were basketball players asking them about it, I think it was a lot. It was a lot more different um, than the usual. Yeah, that was only like three weeks before he died as well. And hearing how he spoke about his daughter and stuff, it was just like, oh, whoa. I'm going to get emotional talking about it. Right, next subject. <laughs> next subject uh, is there um... oh what was that what was that podcast you were talking about Megan oh yeah so okay it's in Irish so I was hoping maybe you didn't forget because of my terrible pronunciation Berlini Buelodis but it's basically it's just called Folklore Podcast and it's about Irish folklore ah. and it is fascinating it's actually so good and I just feel I don't know like it's a lot of it might sound a bit familiar because you would have learned about it in primary school but um yeah, it's just a better own Irish heritage and folklore stories. It's really, really interesting. Is that now like mythology or is it like fairies and leprechauns and all that? It's both, well, mythology and folklore, I think they're say the same. I don't know, maybe maybe it's not, but like fairies and leprechauns. So, oh God, I don't know. I, I, it, there's, there's, this is obviously, they, they have like 50 podcasts on it, but fairies are not what we think they are. They're not like things with wings and like, they're kind of more like spirits and stuff mm. so mm. everything um it's kind of like energy and all, it's, it's actually like a very much a universal the more you learn about it and you think oh god our bloody great grannies used to believe in mad stuff it's actually quite a universal thing of like things having energy and spirits and like sea mm. fairies and you know all this different stuff that it was just kind of ways of explaining things that they just didn't i suppose understand and it's, it's cool. just it's incredibly interesting yeah it's cool learning about stuff like that um and then it goes back as well but like the irish language because it's not spoken at all really in ireland anymore like it's taught so badly in school i think we should be taught more of like the heritage of ireland and what the whole point of it because i don't think you're not really taught anything about anything like that in school bar Holland or whatever and like, on a side note i I really, really think that anyone that's interested in sustainability should learn about our Irish folklore because just inherently, these people just were more sustainable. Like the way they lived their life was off the land and all these things have come from like, you know, all these little like, oh, don't take up this tree because that has a certain energy and if you mess with this energy, it'll bring you bad luck. And there was just a real respect for nature, the environment, people, you know, customs and all this stuff that obviously through um, the modern world has been completely lost. So anyone that's interested in, in sustainability should go back and kind of like listen to our own folklore because these people were the most sustainable. They lived completely off the land. 
they built a big yeah. massive mound in Mead as well that uh, and aligns with the the changing of the or the solstice or whatever you call it like that. So they were that very in touch with nature, you know, those people that exactly. made up all this myth. It's insane. That makes me believe in fairies and stuff. Like there has to be, like they have no technology there. They have to have help from something. It's but, it's actually fascinating, and I think it sounds ridiculous because of what we've been made to believe. Uh, what fairies and stuff are just by I don't know Tinkerbell and like yeah all that kind Ali of stuff. Wood. But there's actually there's a lot more to it. Like it's like thousands. I pun. I don't even know how many years it is of like knowledge about our landscape that mm. has gone into these kind of stories. Obviously, like a lot, like a lot of it's not true, but there's there's also things that you can learn about ourselves in the stories. So yeah, you can learn about why people behave certain ways. Like if, like that sounds a bit silly, but uh, if you've been telling a certain story for a hundred years, you're going to develop certain behaviors based on those you know beliefs. Let's say those trees, generations through generations, nobody's going to go near a fairy tree or a witch tree. I can't remember what what, what they call it. You're not going to pick it up. And uh, like some people would be afraid to go into those fields as well. And like I remember being told stories about certain like fields where if you go into that, yeah, like you know, there's fairies in those fields. So I used to actually be afraid uh, to go into those fields. But there could have been alternative reasons why they'd be telling us them stories so that we wouldn't go messing in fa- particular farmers' fields. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, there's all sorts of funny things. It's I I really recommend it. It's actually brilliant. Mm, what is and- it called again? Oh, geez, don't make me pronounce it again. <laughs> Put her on the spot. I tell you what, you... I'll send it to you. Yeah, send we'll it to you. We'll put it in the show notes. Or whatever, because I'm absolutely murdering it. <laughs> yeah, because I'd definitely be interested in that. I, I want to get into more podcasts. Um, Blind Boy did an episode with a, a Shana Key, who's like an Irish storyteller. I can't remember his name. Um, I, 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 I listened to that class. one. Yeah, That's, it's class. If you, I think you'll be able to find more stuff on that particular fella as well. So you have two good resources for all your, your fairy-related items. Yeah. <laughs> um, Going to branch off into the last few wee things to chat about. Um, I think supporting local businesses right now is, like, so important. Obviously, your ability to do that is 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 challenged because we're not allowed to go out and about as much. Um, but is there any... Is there any things that people don't really think about when it comes to supporting local business that is like easy to do apart from like purchasing? Um, I'm sure we've all seen those social media posts that do the rounds that it's like, this costs nothing. And it'd be like, like a post, share, save, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that literally costs nothing. And you, unless you actually run a business Instagram page, you don't understand how much that actually helps. Like it, it really does help so much. So that's some. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you seek feedback from from people about like clothes, or do you just hope that people send feedback? Because that's something that I've been trying to get into more for 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 my business is trying to get feedback off people who listen to podcast or um, clients. Yeah, I think this is going back into, I suppose, whenever I was spending probably too much time on social media and all that kind of stuff, but I. I did at one time try to make my Instagram more interactive. So I was like, okay, loads of people don't actually know that Seeking Judy is just run by myself. So Mm. I was like, right, okay, I'll try to talk. I'll try to put up question boxes and try and interact, see what people want, all this kind of stuff. But 
and I do need to do that more. And I put up the story and we talk and be like, okay, I'm going to talk more, blah, blah, blah. And then I just never did it because it takes, you'd be all day then on your phone. And then, I don't know, it, it's, a, it's a balancing act. But yes, I do want to be more interactive and use social media as a tool for helping my business more because it, it is an amazing tool in many ways. Mm. Uh, do you uh, did you ask any well i know you kept you're sending me videos lally uh when some videos when you're making you, you you'd be sending them over but do you seek feedback on your stuff it's nice to get it um i don't i send it to like close people like when i have a, an original cut of something i'd be like right what what's your initial feedback or initial thoughts on this because there even there's some like because i've made to do video as well my mate john he does a lot of it as well so like I, I I like getting feedback from someone who knows, like from someone who is just a normal watch watcher of the video, and then someone who actually knows the ins and outs, like from a technical standpoint. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I like it. It feels good getting a good reaction, but I like getting constructive feedback from people, mm -hmm. not just because I feel that if I don't send it to close friends, if I kind of just put it out, a lot of people are gonna be like, yeah, that's grand. People would be too afraid to too afraid to tell you like the truth or whatever. So it's I, I like getting constructive feedback if someone's like, No, that's that's not that funny. You want somebody to not, tell tell you to tell you the truth and be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I like I like getting it because it, it just helps you out and it helps you get better. Like the whole time with constructive feedback. Like For me I, as well, I think like because it's obviously a business, obviously if things sell then you know people like them but it's completely different for a video and different art forms of course but I suppose the more collections you do the more you're like oh now I know my customer even more or now I know it even more and now I know it even more each time so that's another point on just sometimes instead of making sure something's perfect just get it out and you'll kind of learn yeah. through how it succeeds like I'm sure Aaron you saw videos that were super successful and ones that maybe you didn't think were that good that like got you know more attention yeah. or something there's definitely a few like there's ones the way Shane O'Connell would explain it, he's explained it to me before he's just like it's good to just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks like if it helps it's you true. find your it, it helps you find your audience mm. so like because there's definitely like there was a, there was a video that I put up that I I personally was like oh I, I this is my type of humor it was kind of like sort of shock value it was one where I was kind of getting sick and I knew that was going to divide people but I wanted to see what the reaction would be like so I could find an audience to see right maybe do people actually like this or should I just keep this to like me and the boys kind of thing 100% and, what and that's the, the same thing no. <laughs> 50-50 exactly how I thought it was going to go I knew people would be like that people are either going to love it or just be like that's fucking that's disgusting <laughs> but that's important as well like the the worst thing you would like the worst reaction is almost no reaction to anything you do like you definitely that's a great thing that you split people in half, you know, at least, there's that, at least you've there's, got a reaction. Yeah. There's one video I put up as well that I, I, on paper, I was like, right, this is the, this is a good, it was the one of me smoking the weed and kind of not hallucinating kind of, but on paper, I was like, right, that's, that, that's a good idea. Two lads freaking out, but I couldn't, I didn't have, I didn't edit it right. And I rushed it. And I was like, after I did, after, I do nearly every video because I spend so much time editing I'm like this is the worst thing I'm putting out here and then I thought that was going to be the worst video and that got the best reaction out of nearly all of them so there's times I'm just like wait you know what I mean I, I don't think it's it's that great and then it gets the best reaction so it's good to find out being like oh I could do more like that yeah and you only that's the same point I suppose my tutors were originally making just like it, 
inspiration will come it has to find you working and it's the same thing it's just I, I think it's great thing about instagram as well as if it doesn't do well just delete it as well you don't doesn't have to sit up there for everyone to see forever just archive it and i don't know most people's instagrams now are almost like a portfolio like a working portfolio so yeah no i i, I agree with you i think just get i agree with shane maybe <laughs> throw some shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, it's a good saying. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last few wee bits then. Uh, where, who, or who in the town do you think are, are in the surrounding areas, or just Ireland in general, are doing bits that people maybe don't know about? It could be music, art, uh, making films, whatever the hell it is. Um, uh, Lally, because you're top left, I'll let you go first. The only person I can, I can really think of off the top of my head I'm so bad it could be anything this, it doesn't have to be anything yeah no but there's this guy there's this guy I know um, he did one of the Coven videos for the boys I, like he the boys got him in he, he was living in London at the time I think he knows via Chris Humphreys mm. and he's do you know him but uh, yeah, he, was in, he was a few years above me in school I think yeah he's um, you should follow his Insta it's, some of the stuff he's doing is unbelievable he just does he just does event photography and videography but um, his bits, I think, are class. Sap- uh, Sapient Media. There's a good. That's my mate, John. He's very good. Uh, okay, yeah. so I've got, <laughs> I've got loads. I was writing them down earlier. So, so Lucinda, um, Dag, um, Shower, my friend Tara. Both of those are like sustainable designers. Also, Leisha Carey Studio, another sustainable Irish designer. Um, Lulu the label which is a girl from town she's um, Louisa Murray um, Gabrielle Malone is a knitwear designer I went to college with Kira Allen is kind of a printed textile men, unisex menswear um, Oyinza an amazing stylist um, I could I could go on for a while my <laughs> friend Nika um, has like a baby wear line there's 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 honestly like You've covered I'll send all the boxes you, there <laughs> yeah I'll send you a load of things and you can li- you can at them if you want of like some Thank recommendations you. of people to check out or post Instagram posts there was loads of these that went viral mm. of uh, threads so people yeah. can check out I think Irish uh, a lot of the time uh, Irish uh, whatever it's art fashion music film whatever i think we that we underappreciate our own a lot of the time um when you look at the likes of like even blind boy would go to the uk to do his uh tv shows and things like that and father ted was well that was more so because of the catholic church but father ted was popular in the uk before it was popular in ireland you know I yeah was... i hate mrs brown's boys but it's the same they're a uk production as well mm. oh yeah i actually hate that show same <laughs> and it's the first, one of the first things that people who know anything about ireland well they, they know far, Mrs. Brown's boys, but don't know anything else about Ireland. They say to me, ah, oh, Mrs. Brown's boys. I'm like, fucking hate Mrs. Brown's boys. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yeah. a man's a bit of an arsehole. There's stories coming out of like people leaving the show because they're not being treated right and all. Oh, I really? Just read, there was like two stories I read during the week from two different people, and I was like, ooh. Cancelled. No. <laughs> <laughs> yup, they cancelled the culture. All right, uh, so I'm going to say make a statement and you're going to respond to whatever way you feel uh, you see fit. So Lally, I'm going to go with you first top left again. Uh, what do people get wrong about me? And I'm talking about, about you. you. No, about you. Like, 
about me. Well, oh, fuck uh, that. that. Fuck that. I actually <laughs> think it's nothing worse than you have to respond to that. Like honest assumptions about Honest <laughs> <Starbucks laughs> opinions. Uh, about me. I think people think I'm, I'm like mad in the head. Like I'm quite, I'm quite introverted. I love, I really like being on my own. But when I'm in a group of people, I can kind of be loud and stuff. So people just assume I'd be like that the whole time. But yeah, I'm quite introverted. I love being on my own. I like going to cinema on my own. Like even just this whole lockdown and having to stay in the gaff, like I don't mind at all. I like I, there's even times like when the boys call down and it's class being with the, my, my mates and all, but sometimes I just be like, oh, I'd rather just chill out by myself tonight. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why it's like that, but I just, I like it. Yeah, so probably t- just have to think I'm a mad bastard and I'm actually not, not that mad. <laughs> Do you guys feel like um, you've become just more socially awkward due to Corona? Like, I feel like I don't know how to make small talk anymore. Whenever I'd be working in the studio and someone would come in for a pickup and I have to make that few minutes of small talk that normally would be fine. I'm like, hi, so uh, uh, I just get nervous. I don't know. I think we're almost going to become maybe too comfortable in our own company whenever this is all over. I find that I think it's, I end up having these little pauses that I'm like, was that pause really long before and uh, <laughs> questioning myself and it's just this real awkward moment when it probably isn't even that long <laughs> yeah no it's it's weird there's what? obviously there's there's healthy levels which is completely fine being introverted but i think i don't know like losing your this social um, awareness and stuff is going to be kind of awkward whenever we all come out of this mm. uh, what about yourself what do people usually get wrong about megan for some reason, people think I went to St. Vincent's. <laughs> I, was go- I, I was going to say that earlier when uh, we were talking about the schools. I was, going, I was yeah. literally about to say, sure, you went to an all-girls school, didn't you? No, everyone comes <laughs> over to me and the mothers and stuff buying stuff being like, my daughter was in your class in St. Vincent's. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and normally like, it's to that point that I'm not going to tell this woman that again, being awkward for the few minutes, I just say, oh, class i remember like you just have to go along with it you should change the link on your uh your your seeking duty bio not the i didn't go to the saint vincent's just yeah. <laughs> make it clear to all the mans oh sure look it's not that bad of a um <laughs> right we I, didn't go there <laughs> uh so i usually ask people about movies books albums but we already spoke about series i'm not gonna talk about that is there any unbelievable films that anyone has seen lately or think they should tell people to watch hmm. Netflix has a new like shuffle button that is fucking <laughs> mad but I don't really like it because it always ends up on ran- like, well obviously it's random but like yeah, I, that, I hadn't seen The Wolf of Wall Street I think I only watched it once and then the other night I seen the button I was like mm. and then I clicked it and I was like oh fuck it I'll watch it I wonder do they shuffle based off your cookies? Like, I wonder is it mm. shuffled based off what your preferences are, or if it's just completely random? Because I wouldn't be down for completely random, but I'd be down for based off what I previously watched. Yeah, that's actually a good show. I don't know what way it is. I, I I'd assume it's based off what you watch because they have like sections on it, like for you or because you watch this. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's cool then. The the one film. Oh, so that- you can shuffle a section. You can shuffle a crime film. Oh no, it's like um. Do you know when you turn on Netflix and then it has the whoever owns it could have your name, then your brother, whatever. Yeah. Underneath your name, uh, it just has a wee, like the shuffle button on uh, Spotify, the two okay, like arrows. Cool. And you just so click presume- that and it brings you to a movie. To a movie. Mm. Cool. Or a TV show. 
I started yes, with Mandalorian's class as well, if anyone likes Star Wars. And it's not too I Star started Wars-y. that. I just it's watched Disney very... Plus last night. So I'm going to watch Soul. I'm so excited. That's, that's that really looked really fucking good. It's, yeah. I don't know how I didn't take it out. It's so good. It's Is so that? good. It's so good. It's so good. I love it. Is it? It's Soul? Yeah, it's class. So, okay, yeah, that's like class. one of my. I might watch that tonight then because I've been. I was meant to watch it last night, but I got Disney Plus just for that reason. <laughs> so. Disney Plus is so worth it. They have uh, so good. If you're into Marvel, Marvel mm. and stuff. They have that new show, One Division, out, which is a uh, kind of cool. Is that but, the black uh, and white yeah. one? Yeah, it's it's like I think they must be trapped in some era because it goes through different eras throughout the whole show. It's like they're in a sitcom in the seventies, then the eighties. The first two episodes is like 70s, 80s, and then it changed colour. Yeah, know, I tried to watch it last night. I just wasn't feeling it, but at the same time, maybe it's just one of those things yeah, just like to get the, into the rhythm of it. I think that's what it's going to be like because there's not much... The first two episodes, nothing really happens at all. It's just they're taking the piss out of old sitcoms with the laugh track and that. But mm-hmm. then weird things have started happening. But I don't know. I think you have to be into it. Whereas The Mandalorian, I don't think you have to be into Star Wars. It's... It, Takes a lot of inspiration from like old samurai films and westerns and stuff. It's I started good. that. It's class. It's unreal. And I've already said the crown. Sorry, I know that it, I'm actually so late on this whole bandwagon, but it's class. <laughs> you'll love Bridget <laughs> in them as well, apparently, because that's all I've seen loads of tweets. If you enjoy fucking the crown, you'll enjoy Bridget. And, and I'm like, I need to stop seeing tweets like this because I don't watch either, so I don't really care. <laughs> I don't. I haven't seen. I haven't seen. I actually tried to watch. It. I think it's not for me. Not is it supposed to be more so of a comedy type thing? Mom and dad were watching it, but they were saying there's funny bits, but it's not. I don't think it's made all what it's cracked up to be. I think it's the costume. For me, like I get these kind of tweets as well because I think anything that's like excessive and fashion oriented, people just love it. You know that that I know. I don't know, but uh, mm. I don't really like period dramas. Oh, would you ever like see if you've seen like uh, like a TV show and you see like the wardrobe? Or how they designed an outfit for a show. Like, would you, would it nearly ruin certain outfits where you'd be like, oh no, that's not accurate to this time. They should have done this this way. Or would they, does it, certain things you see, does that make sense? Would you, do, no- do you just think in depth loads on it? Or normally, your- normally though, they're quite good. Like, if it's a movie and mm-hmm. stuff, normally it would be quite good. I think, like, because they, they have costume departments and stuff. So I yeah. wouldn't be better than the costume department. The only thing that I'm sure we're all familiar with is whenever you watch, like, Americans try to do Irish production like an Irish style film and you're like we don't all wear iron jumpers and we don't all speak like that it's more like that kind of stuff but yeah there's some there's some new Irish the wild man film yeah Christopher Walken's trying to do an Irish accent <laughs> yeah um I, I, are you out. saying that because things annoy you whenever you see like cinematically things that you just there, oh, there's, wrong? yeah there's a there's certain like Sometimes it ruins movies on, on you because you're just like, if I see something cool, I'd be like, how to do that? And I try working out certain scenes or if they did CGI or if they did that practically and stuff. Sometimes it ruins it and it takes me out of, out of the movie a wee bit. Because like with mm-hmm. The Mandalorian, I'm just amazed that like they don't use, they don't really use green screen. That's all LEDs. So it looks so real behind it. And that's how he's able to have a silver helmet because all the reflections and stuff are real. It's insane wow. how to do it. You should watch. You should watch after you watch the season. You should watch the behind the scenes season on it. It's class. 
Do you know who I absolutely adore, and I'm sure you like him too? Spike Jones. Ever watch oh. how he does, like how he does his stuff? It's just insane. Like I have watched. He's so good. The, have you watched the making of that F F K A Twigs ad? You know the Google something ad. No, I didn't. I didn't watch the making of it. No. Oh my god, it is insane. And this is where you cut and just show it because it's insane. It's so good. There you go. Oh, is that, like, actually, is that actually the one? It's a, like it's all a practical studio. It's no. insane. He built the whole set. It's a complete, like, everything moves and it's all kind of, like, trippy yeah, and yeah. I don't know. I every, and, and it's a real, he really built it, like. Yeah, I did insane. actually see that. It's class. Yeah. It's very good. He's yeah. a genius. Yeah, insane. I'll have to have a wee look at that after this. Um, you'll have a lot of editing and little clips to add into this, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> no bother. No bother. Uh, I'm not nothing anyway. One, for, uh, one movie I watched, um, Death of 2020. Have any of you seen it? No, yeah. actually. It's very good. It's good. I thought some bits were a bit corny at times. But oh, yeah. Was ve- it, 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 was, it was done quite well. Um, it's quite funny now. Somebody that was in it that I usually hear, Hugh Grant, he was actually very fucking good in it. Yeah. He was, <laughs> yeah. He was playing the worst character of all time, but he, he, yeah. he did it so well. Uh, do you read, Megan? Are you into your, your books? Uh, like to be honest, no. You don't have to. Don't have <laughs> I have. Sorry, what were you gonna say? I was like, you don't. If you don't read, you don't have to. Uh, yeah, I don't have the patience, the attention span anymore. I should read more because ago. I can talk better. Then this is one thing that Aaron, <laughs> that is true. Aaron said to me, "He's like, I'm gonna start reading so that I can speak better." <sighs> I think it makes sense, though. You actually just learn, like. I don't know, I'm a terrible speller and stuff and it's probably just because I'm just so out of practice with reading and everything. Seeing words. <laughs> Seeing words. Uh, you're into your music though then, are you? Because the other question then would be what would be your favourite album or any album that you think sticks out in your head? Well, I think I'm a ridiculous Frank Ocean fan. I think I, I just listen to that all the time. It's my default. If I can't think of what... It's gonna be the second off. channel channel orange mention of the of the podcast. I think it might be, will it? Is it? It's so good. I think blonde <laughs> blonde is blonde is good. I think I think I prefer blonde, but like I would oh. listen to anything. Frank I, Ocean could just I think he's class. I seen I seen him live, but I was disappointed when I seen him live. I seen him live, he, I thought he was amazing. Where did you see him? Uh Panorama in New York. Um, I was there. In Panorama. Yeah, in New York. Oh, like 2017? Yeah. No, That's eight, mad. Was it, was it 18 or 17? 18, I think. Did he go twice? I, no, I he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have. I was in New York in 2017. That was the year I, I then went I was over there. for like three months. That's mad. I was there with Conor McDonald. Me and him were there. <laughs> that was, I thought that was amazing. <laughs> I, just, I, I, well, I was bananas, to be fair, but I, I don't know. I didn't... Maybe it's because I, I could barely see. going on. He has like social anxiety, and apparently he didn't play Primavera that summer because he couldn't get on stage with a stage fright. So the whole way through, there was like these rumors that he wasn't going on. And then I don't know if it's just that this is all rumors. Probably is, but he changed the set and stuff. I don't to make it. More, and then it was like when he went on, it was all it was like almost like you were he was singing in his bedroom or something, and he was just yeah, sitting, that, sitting on the thing. That, I thought it was that's just what I was going to say. I I felt he didn't he didn't grasp the crowd no he didn't but i i think what i heard anyway was that he wasn't going to go on and because like because because he just has really bad stage fright so i think they really 
I don't know. I think I, I'm such a fan that he could literally mm. just like shit in a cup and I'd be like, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was Spike girl. Jones who is, uh, Spike Jones was recording his tour. Was it? Spike yeah, he was walking around the stage the whole time with the camera. It was class. That's what you see. Yeah. Like, and I feel, but I feel like for <clears throat> someone who has social anxiety or whatever, like that he was experiencing, I think it was a really intimate glimpse into his experience of, of the, like of being on stage or something. I just thought it was really fitting. Hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. Is it, that's what, like, I, I, I had only listened to his music a wee bit before that. So I think I have a kind of tainted uh, view on it. Like, you know what, what I mean? If it was around, was that around the time of Blonde or was that up before? It was Blonde. Yeah, so then that would have been, I think Channel Orange would be a more easy to listen to or a more poppy sort of an album. So if I had been playing more of that stuff, it might have been different. But Blonde would have been, I think you would have had to listen to it to really. I, th- I think as well, I, I, I literally, I went to Tyler Creator earlier on that day and I was on such a like, Aaron, we were there. I was I, definitely, it was the same, definitely the same mad. tour or the same that's insane. It's crazy. I didn't know you were there. I was in New York that summer too. That's mad. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. That was one of the best yeah. summers of my life. I remember yeah. I went, when Just East were a panorama, they cut out. It was mental. I was right up the front and they, they, they cut the whole stage, all the, everything just went boom. All the emergency lights came on. And they were just mad. They were they got so thick. But then they they played for an extra twenty minutes, I think, at the end. And then they were just let a song play, and they were the most French-looking men ever. Two of them had the big beards on them with the mustache <laughs> and the leather jackets, and they just stood letting the song like loop and just were smoking fags, just looking at <laughs> the crowd like that. <laughs> class. Did you go? Did you go to Afropunk by any chance when you were there? No. It was an incredible lineup. I saw like Anderson Pack, Kate Trinada. Um, Park, man, Willow Smith, like just yeah, so good, like so so good. Hey, did you ever watch his uh, Tiny Desk concert? Like too many times that it, whenever it comes on shuffle on YouTube exactly, now, exactly like, every fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube's yeah, evil like that. Just, yeah, <laughs> the algorithm on YouTube is evil. Anytime I leave it on, it's the same fucking things coming on the whole time. Yeah, what's that one? Um, Oh, I'm not. I was about to start singing there, but I was like, wait, actually. <laughs> I forgot. This is, that point is hitting different. Like, I already told you that like one is about three these days for me. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So look, uh, you can class. put it in the description again. <laughs> yeah, no. I, if you haven't heard of Anderson Pack, go listen to his music. He's fucking class. Uh, that's, that's basically all I have. Um, thank you for coming on, Megan. That fucking flew. As always, as always. How long was that? An hour and 20. Fuck. Uh, Some laugh. Thanks for having Ah, It was great having you on. Uh, Thank you for joining us as well, Mr. Lally. You're a wee gent. Um, And I will leave in the description all your social media handles if people want to go and follow you, Megan and Aaron as well. Um, Thank you. And we are... Whopper, whopper. Whopper. Did you enjoy that podcast? I most certainly did. Now, there's no music right here after this podcast. Usually there is. I just decided I'm going to go monologue. Why the hell not? I know we're all having a really tough time right now if you're listening to this during COVID times. And things might seem bleak and the end seems very far away. But don't let yourself dwell 
and those tough moments. We spoke a little bit about it in the podcast. If you have a bad day, don't let that bad day become a bad week. Don't let that bad week turn into a bad couple of weeks. You know, you can always write a sinking ship. Fill a patch up a few holes. You'll be grand. And you can always reach out for help. And if you are needing help on the physical and the mental health side of things, if you want to build more routine into your day, if you want to get exercising a little bit more, you want to start enjoying cooking, create a little bit of structure in your week and just have somebody there to be be accountable to to help you do the things you said you were going to do. Just reach out. I've only got a, lum- uh, a limited number of people I can take on right now. As I mentioned in the podcast, I'm moving gaff. Well, I, I, I'm in Ireland right now, moving into the gaff. So I don't have much time, but I do still fucking love helping people. I've only got a few spots available there. And if you need that help, don't hesitate to reach out. You know, I've got something there for people of all, uh, all incomes and... Look, I'll always try and help anyone out with any wee piece of advice I can if you can't afford my services or if it's not the right time for you. So reach out over on the socials, send me an email, give me a wee well boy, I got your back. And go show Lally and Megan some love. Give them a follow, show some support. They're a great fucking pair. Now, fuck off. Pig loves you.